okay, so this now becomes part two, and I just did part one. Um, so yes, I'm a socialist, you know, obviously I'm a capitalist as well, um, and I'm everything else that Australia is, you know, and, uh, and, um, but I'm getting to a point where, philosophically at least, I'm um, an almost universal socialist. You know, I'd like... Uh, philosophically, I think, especially health and education, um, should be socialised on a planetary level. You know, one way or another. You know? And coronavirus has... Uh, brought this to a head, you know, because um, a lot of us are thinking, why should I have more chance at a vaccine and for free than someone from wherever, you know, Botswana or Syria or whatever? Why? Yeah. And if the answer to that is, well, I shouldn't actually ethically, philosophically or whatever have more access to a vaccine, better access to a vaccine for coronavirus, especially given Australia's got no coronavirus, um, than a person in Botswana or Syria or whatever, um, then um, should I, in the event that I get cancer, for example, have... Access to free treatment, which is what I've got if I get cancer in Australia, because we've got a socialist healthcare system, and we're all happy about that in Australia, on both the left and the right. Yeah, there might be a couple of people, you know, extremists on the right who might say get rid of Medicare, but no, 98% of people in Australia are socialist when it comes to healthcare. You know, they, they might differ slightly on how socialist they want to be. 98% or whatever percent, yeah, 97 maybe, you know, of Australians are socialist when it comes to healthcare and education, you know. Uh, no one's saying rip out all the high schools and make all education private, are they? You know? So we're socialist. Um, now, um, in the same way that we should all, this is what I, I think should happen. Now, whether it can happen or not, you know, whether it's impractical or practical, I think it's impractical, but that doesn't mean you should be philosophically against it. See, a lot of people say, um, because socialists, putting in socialist systems on a planetary level um, is so rife with corruption that I don't even believe in it philosophically. That doesn't make, it, make sense. I believe in it philosophically, and if it transpires that it's just not possible because corruption will most surely cut in, then I'll say, oh, we've got a problem here, but let's keep talking about it. Come on, let's try and get past this corruption problem, all that sort of stuff. But there are people who say, um, um, it, it, it's too hard. So, so I'm against it philosophically. That doesn't make sense to me, you know. I think you should, if you are, if you are, philosophical, you know, like if you do think, you know, let's say there's a child because it's easy, you know, elephants and children. Everyone loves elephants and children, <laughs> just about. Um, now, if there's a child in 
fourth child in America. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a third world country, essentially, uh, when it comes to healthcare, and that's America. You know, if you're poor in America, all right, and you haven't got any insurance and you get cancer, well, you're gone, you know. But in Australia, if you're a child and you've got cancer in Australia, you're okay. That's how it works with children in Australia. In America, do they deny treatment to children if they're not rich? Um, all right, we'll say a grown-up, all right? So a poor person in Australia will get world-class treatment if he or she gets cancer. Whereas if you're in America, I think you don't. Uh, you have to have insurance or they just turn you away from the hospital and say, listen, just go home and, you know, um, make memories, you know? So there's the difference. So America's third world when it comes to that, I suppose. Um, so now I'm, as an Australian, I like the way it is here, even though I have to pay more taxes so that people who, uh, so that we can have a universal healthcare system so that um, in an emergency, you won't miss out, you know, and you won't have to sell your house either. In America, is that the case? You know, like if you have a car crash and you haven't got insurance, you will get treated as an emergency patient, but then you'll lose your you'll lose your um, house or something. You know, you have to pay for it because you didn't have insurance. Is that the way it works in America? If it is, I prefer Australia. And if philosophically I prefer our local universal healthcare in Australia, then does it not follow that philosophically? I, no, it doesn't follow. But I happen to think that that should happen on a global level. I think that. And yet I've done 40 or 50 episodes on how trying to make socialism work on a global scale, even if it's in terms of just a few issues like health and education, has got that many problems that I don't know how those can be overcome. However, that doesn't make me philosophically against it. And I wouldn't mind, I haven't got time. You know, like when I express support for socialism on a global level, on in terms of a few different things, um, yeah, or express support for Black Lives Matter or anything like that, it doesn't mean I do anything about it uh, because I'm too busy making my way in a capitalist system so that my kids can have all sorts of luxuries, actually. Um, and bad like Botswanans, you know, that's actually what I do in practice. But, you know, maybe when I get to 90 and I stop working, maybe then I'll turn my attention to activism and think, and sit there and scratch my head and think, how can I get involved in um, promoting worldwide globalised socialism in terms of at least health and education and maybe a few other things too. That's what I'd like to do when I reach 90. Um, and I don't know how I'd get involved, you know, because there's no one so evil as someone who remains silent when there's unfair things happening in the world. How do you not remain silent? How do you have a voice? If you, um, especially if you have, you don't, well, I've got a voice here because I'm speaking into this thing. But besides that, I haven't got a voice because I don't attract followers and I'm not on social media. You know, if I wanted to um, have a have a voice, I would put this stuff that I do on social media, but I don't have any social media accounts. I don't have anything. No Facebook, no Instagram, no Twitter, no 
none of that TikTok. <laughs> none of those things. I've got none of those things. So I can't promote, you know, I can't push my voice beyond more than none or one or two people ever. You know, because I'm not giving myself a chance to do that because I'm philosophically against social media, you see, because I don't like it. Um, so, you know, you must speak up. You know, how? How do I speak up? How? Uh, you know, do I wind this window down and yell? You know, maybe I could write a book or something. I don't know. I don't know how I'll do it, but when I get to 90, I'm going to try and promote globalised, a globalised socialist system for health and education. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm such a horrible person for not, you know, having no intention of doing it before then. You know? And I would like to have a voice on Black Lives Matter, but I don't know who I could talk to. I don't know how I could get my voice out there beyond one or two people. How do you get 10,000 followers if you're not on social media? How do you get 20,000 followers if you're not on social media? How can you be a voice for change if you're not on social media? I actually don't even know how to do it. I could write a book, but I'm not a good writer. I could write articles um, for newspapers, but I'm not a good writer. I don't even know how you have a big voice. Okay, end of that episode.